Hi everyone, welcome back to the next episode of One Mic Night, the podcast that brings you inspirational and personal stories of artists and their journey in entertainment, helping to guide, answer questions, and hopefully motivate your path in the business and in life. My name is Marcos Luis, and today I have a very special guest. I'm so excited. She is an actress, singer, model. You've seen her on Luke Cage, FBI, ads all over the place. It, her name is Melissa Wakara. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> Quite an thank introduction, you ta- thank you. Hi, <laughs> thank you for taking the time out to be here. Is there anything you can't do? <laughs> Well, you know, math and science, not my strong suite. Figured that out pretty fast. <laughs> not mine either. Not mine either. So let's let's go all the way back. I want to know, we want to know where you grew up. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up um, about 12 miles outside um, Philadelphia mm-hmm. in a little town called Collegeville, Pennsylvania. Mm, yeah. in Pennsylvania too. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What yeah. part? Uh, I grew up outside of the Pittsburgh area. Oh, okay, so you're 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 real on, on the other side. On the yeah. other side, yep. I know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so grew up in the suburbs. I always I always tell people I'm from Philly just because I feel like I'm from Philly because <laughs> I was so close and no one knows where Collegeville, Pennsylvania is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, grew up there. Um, both my parents. Um, my dad is from Kenya. My mom is uh, from right here in Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, what was that like for you? different and I didn't Mm -hmm. it's one of those things you don't really realize until you grow up and you go wow that was really that's not that's not a normal childhood not really um it was yeah it was just you know I I just kind of grew up and I was was it was very uh normal to have you know a Kenyan father like a Mm -hmm. white German mother I have um I have an uncle who's born in Iran, so my my cousins wow. are half Persian. I have um, an aunt who's uh, Malaysian, <laughs> wow. and so it really wasn't. It was just uh, kind of normal to grow up with all these different cultures, and I didn't really realize that it, I was kind of the odd one out until I grew up, and I was like, "What do you mean? Like your family's completely white? What what is that like? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean?" Um, so that was definitely interesting. Um, and then my first. Uh, performance I guess would be like maybe around four or five you know like everyone starts out performing in church <laughs> right mm-hmm. always the root of you know uh things for us yeah absolutely Meaning like gospel music and church and you know mm-hmm. things like that yeah mm-hmm. and uh you know just grew up singing in the church and then um when I was around 12 I was in my first theater production I distinctly remember it was Annie get your gun <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love and I it. was deep, deep in the ensemble, but mm-hmm. I didn't care. That's all right. <laughs> because once you get on stage for the first time, you're kind of like, ooh, what's this? Oh, I like this. I'm going to keep doing this. And then it was kind of just something that I enjoyed doing. And then it wasn't until I got older that I was like, you know, maybe maybe I would do this for a career. I don't know. I, I don't really, really want to do anything else besides this. That's interesting. Where'd you, where'd you, did you go to college? Did you study? Yes. So mm-hmm. after 
after that, I went and I um, went and auditioned for the uh, Temple University Theater Department in Philadelphia. Great school, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, love Philly, love Temple. Yeah. My sister's um, going to be a sophomore there. Poor kid, she's half half, uh, <laughs> half in class, half online, but right. you know, she's what going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, My little brother went to Temple. He went to uh, Japan campus. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had Great some school. friends go to the Italy Italy campus as well. Um, but yeah, so uh, basically what you do is after you get into Temple University, you have to apply to get into the theater department. Mm-hmm. So there are two separate things. And then after you um, get into the theater department, you have to audition for the acting concentration, which is what I did once I got there. And then when you're about a senior, junior, you audition um, for what we call acting five. So then that's when you're going to go and you're going to do your New York showcase and you're going to audition for agents and mm. uh, casting directors and things like that. So was that a scary you, time for you? It was really fun. You know, I do have this kind of, I don't know what it was. I was a senior and I really like my acting five. I won't say her name cause she still teaches there. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. There's always like that one student who's singled out, uh, who like the professor just like seems to pick on. (laughs) Mm. And I was, for whatever reason, I don't know what I did to her, but it was always like, okay, this isn't enough. Like you didn't. And then to the point where like some other students were like, do you want me to say something to her? Like she's being really hard on you. And I was like, listen, it's fine. This is my senior year. I don't really care. Can I curse on here? Yeah, sure. I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm getting out of here <laughs> in a year and, you know, whatever it is, it is. But I'm so glad that I went through that experience because the real world is so much meaner yes, <laughs> than my is. professor yes. could have ever been to me. Right. Um, and that's and, what I was going to say. In retrospect, do you yeah. feel like that helped you? It didn't really hurt you. It was just like a little sample of what was coming up next. Yeah. And, and you right? know, my... My experience is not unique. I think wherever you are, I don't care if you're at NYU, Juilliard, Temple, I think there is, every professor professor has their favorites. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, I sure. was not that person. Right, neither was I. <laughs> yeah, I would I would get a call back every, every show I was in and then I just wouldn't get cast and, and it really made me question. I would be like, do I just suck at acting? <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I just suck. Um, and, you know, and there were other kids who felt the same way. And there were the, you know, there were the kids who got cast in every single show. And um, and then when I got out into the real world, I was like, no, it's it's not me. It's, you know, right. everyone has their favorites. And-, and the question is, are they still doing it? <laughs> the ones who were the favorites, are they still doing it? Some hmm, are. Some are, some aren't, right? Some are, some aren't. And then yeah. some came out and got discouraged because, you know, they were used to being the favorites and being in exactly. every show. And, you know, now you're out and you're auditioning for Broadway and off-Broadway and you're not getting cast and you don't know why. And right. um, I was just really lucky that it helped me build up that, that you know, that hard skin fast. The and skin, sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you also had some talent behind it too. So yeah, <laughs> that, that always helps. I will say the best thing that ever happened uh, at Temple University was my acting three uh, intro to Shakespeare class. And 
you know, when you're uh, learning Shakespeare in school mm -hmm. and you're just like, and you're sitting there and your teacher doesn't look like they want to be there and none of the students look like they want to be there. And, <laughs> and there's just someone reading it. It's like to be or not to be, that is the question. And then like, and it's just, it's, it's horrible. And then you it's see Shakespeare yeah. performed mm -hmm. well and you're like, this is amazing. The light bulb comes on, right? Yeah. And because I think I had that acting three Shakespeare class, my very first New York job was, um, it was at the public theater and it was Julius Caesar. And that was my first show in New York. And that was because I had that uh, Shakespeare experience. And uh, wow. I was really lucky. That was right after I uh, graduated uh, Temple, right, right after, yeah. That's interesting because I always say, if you can do Shakespeare, if, for my own personal uh, self, yeah. if I can do Shakespeare, then I think I've got it. I've got a really good grasp on the acting. Yeah. Because I the language is so now, so current, it's stylized, mm -hmm. but if you can do it, just like translate it into your own way of doing it and thinking about it, you've got it. You've got it. Absolutely. I always say mm -hmm. if you can if you can do Shakespeare, then you can do on camera, then you can mm -hmm. do a sitcom, then you can do anything. So what's it like working on a big production for you? Because I know you worked on Luke Cage and mm -hmm. FBI. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What's it like? I guess you kind of you kind of have this like in your mind of what it's going to be. And then you get there and it's very casual in a way. Um, I'm trying to think. So I guess, yeah. So the, actually my Luke Cage audition was pretty hilarious because I go into the, to the casting office and I'd only been living in New York maybe like a few months at that point, like maybe three months. And I went into the casting uh you know, and and when it's Luke Cage, they don't tell you it's Luke Cage. They they have some sort of like code name. I think it was called like Violet or something. Violet, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't actually know what it was. And so um, I didn't actually have any <laughs> have any um, dialogue in my audition. That was just like you're walking in, uh, you're in a restaurant with your sister, and these really scary men come in, and go. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and I'm like, so I don't, I don't need to know. I don't need to say any dialogue. You don't want to add up. Like, no, no, no. We just want to see what you do. Just react to it. All right. So I like, I did it. I did it a few times. They're like, thank you. And then I like, I got out and I called my manager and I was like, that was, that was really weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was. He's like, all right, well, you know, if you, they liked you, they liked you. And then, you know, don't worry about it. Um, and then I found out a few days later that, that it was Luke Cage and that, that I booked it, but it was, it was a very bizarre audition. Interesting. Do you think it would, the dynamics would have changed a little bit if you'd known it was for Luke Cage beforehand? Oh, absolutely. Like I would have been, yeah. I would have been nervous just like anything, like when you audition for something on HBO and then you, you're like, oh my God, I'm auditioning for the place that does Game of Thrones. I'm so nervous. Right. <laughs> you know, it definitely affects your performance a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But then when we got on set and everyone was so, so loving and so professional and I got to meet, um, Alfred Woodard, which is like so cool. She's such a legend. And wow, she sure is. She I was sure sitting is. in the makeup chair and I was, and she goes, um, she goes, Melissa, let me give you some advice. She goes, I never 
memorize my lines before I shoot. I wait till I'm in hair and makeup. <laughs> I wait the script. And then I go. I swear. That is what she told me. Oh and I've, and I've taken it to this day. I was like, I'm not looking at my lines. Wow. <laughs> How are you with lines? Are you, are you good with memorizing lines? I'm really good with theater because you, I mean, what choice do you have? You know what I mean? Right, I mean like, yeah. That's, and, but when it comes to episodes, I mean, they might, I understand why um, television actors don't memorize their lines because they're making rewrites the night before and they're sending mm. you the script the next day. So you really, you can't have it totally memorized because then you're going to, you know, you, it's going to get messed up or, you know, they're going to cut it or they're going to change it or they're going to. So yeah, it's, it's, it's theater and television. They're two totally different beasts for sure. Right. I would have to say, and, and, and the commercials are the same way too. Sometimes you'll get the script for a commercial mm -hmm. and you've got a little bit of, you know, uh, a little monologue to do. And right before you get there, something's different. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm the worst. My memory for lines are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to tell you how long it takes me to memorize. And when I, when I was in class, I would always go up online. So someone would always be in the front on book for me, mm. which is horrible. That's not a good, good feeling. Yeah, but you know, once it's in your body, mm -hmm. you know, and then something just kind of turns off. Like, I'm all for like the Beyonce method of just practice it, practice it, practice it, drill it in your head until it's like it's not even there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, as far as, you know, as long as it doesn't change. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, because yeah. once you have it down, you can you can play around. You can make different choices. You can do whatever you want. True. Yeah. Very true. I want to ask you, uh, for the people listening, what do you think about a manager versus an agent? Have you had both? I, I have a I have a few agents, but um, and I have a manager, but it, it depends on. Um, well, I'll the, say the, like this, let me just giving for giving advice to other people. You don't have sure. Wait for you because I don't want. You know, yeah. Sure. So, basically, um, the difference between an agent and a manager for me. I think managers are really great when you are starting out mm -hmm. um, and then when you're at a certain point and you're trying to get to the next level. So um, I think managers are really great for young talent, um, people who are new to the business because they're very much like a mentor. They're like, okay, so these are your good, these are the headshots you need to get. This is, you know, this is who I see you playing. These are the types of characters I'm going to submit you to. This is like a goal we have for you for the next three years. If you're signing a contract, that's a few years. So they're very, and you know, they have their connections. Managers can get you an agent. They know a lot of casting directors. And so they're very, managers, think of managers for developing your career. And think of agents as the business people. So the agents are there to get you the jobs. They're there to book you. They're there to make commission. They're there to make money. Like it's a business, like, right, you know, sure. anything. Um, but they're not great for uh, when you're having like a crisis at 2 a.m. and questioning your whole career and calling, you know what I mean? Like um, they're they're busy, like rightfully so. Like they have a lot of clients. So I would, I, I would say everyone should get a manager, at least in the beginning. And then, you know, take it from there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's some really good advice. Um, you know, because a lot of people ask me with their kids and, you know, people coming up in the business, which I think is better. It's, you know, it's an individual situation for me. When I first moved to New York from Chicago, Ooh, Chicago. I had a manager. 
you know, yeah. and <clears throat> I have to say the manager worked really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I was seen, I was seen by everybody. Wow. You know? So, and then, you know, she went MIA, but maybe it was, uh, maybe it was me that, that ran her out of time. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that she really did work hard for me. And I really felt like, you know, we had a one-on-one relationship. She was sending me out, you know, she really had nobody else like me. So I was the yeah. one that she was choosing and pushing me forward. And I saw everybody I was seeing for everything. That's amazing. So, yeah. I think that, uh, I think you're right. I think, you know, starting out, you may want to consider a manager. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer stage or TV or which is your favorite? Well, if we're talking from a purely financial perspective, (laughs) (laughs) television and film. However, like my true love will always be theater just because it's, you know, it's where I got my start. It's, you know, I'm classically trained. It's, and there's, there's nothing really quite like having an audience in front of you and being able to feed off that energy in a way that's just not really possible in film. I mean, the crew's kind of your audience, right? But not right. really. They're there to, you know, record the sound and then go home. So right. that is – but then I have such respect for theater actors as well just because, you know, eight shows a week. It's just, my God, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. really a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to. I have to agree too. Um, film and TV preference, um, but just recently, I, I got into an off-Broadway show. Congratulations! What's the show? You. It's uh, by first-time playwright. His name is Marcus Harmon. It's called Eden. Oh. And uh, you know, sadly, they had to push it back because Broadway is, you know, not happening right now. But yeah, we're still going to perform. But uh, just you know, I got a great part, and just having the just going through that whole situation again, because it's been a while since I've been on stage, mm. just kind of rejuvenated this love for theater for me, you know, that live feedback and and really putting something into a character and, and learning and doing the homework. Do you feel like that sometimes too? Yeah, and it's and it's the chance to exercise a different muscle too, you know exactly. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I don't go on stage for like a year. I come back and I feel like I'm, I'm out of practice and I can't remember how to act. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you you've dealt with this as well. I mean, just from a technical aspect, it's completely different. I mean, mm-hmm. the audience is you have to be able to act all the way to the back of the house, and you know, if all of a sudden you're on camera and the audience is like in the in literally in your face, so something like you might smirk on camera, the audience will pick it up. The person in the back of the house is not going to see you smirking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you have to find a different way to come up with that same nuance, mm-hmm. but, you know, a physicality to it where, you know, it can be seen on stage, which is so interesting. Yeah. I find it challenging too, because I'm a pretty soft spoken guy and for <laughs> me to project loud enough for the, you know, the, the theater to hear me is always a challenge for me. Yeah. So it's, it's been rough. It's rough. <clears throat> Do you have any advice for people who are starting out in the business? Like what's what's some advice that someone gave you along the way hmm. that you think might help someone? There's so much. Mm-hmm. I could say honestly. Well, run it down. <laughs> <laughs> you have to just be absolutely fearless. 
Honestly, you just have to be fearless and you have to be a little uh, delusional is the wrong word, but you got to be a little delusional just to just deal with the basic facts of becoming an actor, right? Mm -hmm. The more you realize it's a numbers game, Mm. the less personally you take rejection. There you go. You just said it. (laughs) Because you can't take it personal. You can't. You can't because, I mean, I'll just use, you know, television again as another example. I mean, an agent, like a, a casting director might put out a breakdown and they might get a thousand submissions. They might call in 10 people and then out of those 10 people, they'll they'll pick one person. So you literally have one in a thousand chance. Right. And so when you look at the numbers, it's you realize that, you know, you shouldn't feel bad because just the fact that you got an audition means that you already won. You already went past so many other people. So just be happy and use those, you know, auditions as an opportunity to act. They're there to see you act and they want to find the, you know, the person because they have a job, you know, Mm -hmm. they want you to be the person they want to hire. So I think as actors, when we go in a room, we think, it's us against them when it really shouldn't be, right. you know? I think you just said it. I heard a casting director say this um, yesterday, that you shouldn't feel down when you, when you, you know, maybe don't get the part, the role, mm-hmm. because look how many people you were pulled from to even get the audition. Mm-hmm. The casting director said that. Yeah. So you've already won. You've already won, even if you don't book the job. Yeah, and just to piggyback off that, sometimes they don't even know what they're looking for. They don't. Nope. And, you know, if you're on hold or you're pinned for something and you don't get the part, it just means that, you know, I, I mean, I had a friend who went out. She's a, you know, a young a young Jewish girl and she went in and they didn't choose her. And then she found out later the role went to an Asian man. So, I mean, like, what can you really do right. at that point? There's nothing you can do. Nothing to do with her audition or whether or not they liked her. Just the director was like, listen, we're going to make this role an Asian man now. And it is what it is, you know. Right. And they're not the boss either. I mean, they have a director to answer to and they have a studio that's like, so they're really not the ones in charge at the end of the day. I mean, we put casting directors on this like pedestal, but really right. they're just working for someone else. And that's the person making the decisions, not exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They sort of narrow it down just a little bit, you know. Yeah. And- and that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> um, how are you right now during this time? Are you doing a lot of work? Are you being creative? Are you still? What, what's what's your daily grind like? Um, it's, you know, I I can't really complain because you know I'm. I'm an, I'm a working actor, right? And it, it took me so long to get to this point of just, you know, being an actor and only acting and being paid to act. And so just the fact that I'm even doing that is, you know, amazing to me. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it does, you know, and a lot of artists and people in general, like not even actors, it's just, it's a really hard time to just, especially like we can't go and we can't really you know, act during quarantine, we can't, you know, be in a, like you said, your, you know, your own production was postponed. And there is something that's a little, it makes you feel a bit stifled, just creatively. Like I, 
I personally feel like I've lost like, you know, my sense of purpose and, and a little, right. and, you know, in mm -hmm. a way just because, you know, it's what I love. And when you can't do what you love, you, you kind of feel like, ugh, you know, so that being said, um, I'm okay. <laughs> right. And, you know, I can't complain. I am, you know, I'm doing a lot of self tapes. I'm, you know, I'm noticing voiceover very popular right now. That's my very professional microphone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you, I mean, you said it. I mean, I think it's, this is the time that we have to be creative as artists. You have to come up, you have to use your creativity. Mm -hmm. We have all these tools that we can use. I personally have been taking a lot of webinars. I know the uh, American Black Film Festival is coming up. They're doing it free online this year. Shout out to American Black Film Festival. Yes. Because the entire film festival is going free. They've been doing a Monday night uh, short movie and Q&A with the director. I'm on every Monday. You know, these people are inspiring to me. Um, you know, you look at the acting, if you're an actor, you look at the directing and the cinematography and all these things and keeping yourself active in different ways we have to be creative we're creative beings we're artists yeah so we can't allow ourselves to to you know fall off you have a phone do like you said do yourself tapes just get better at your craft yeah to, to be inspired absolutely and and use this time to like watch those movies that you've been putting yes, off that exactly. you wanted to watch you know update your headshots like have a friend go outside and record you. I mean, I've seen the right. iPhone 11 camera. You can get some really good photos off You're that. Right. You don't need to You're hire. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just use this time to update your materials. Like just, you know, go for a walk or don't do anything. Go on vacation if you need a vacation. You know what I mean? Like, Meditate. Anything. Yes. Yes. And just, you know, just use this time to really just mental health, mental health, I always exactly. have to say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on here and sharing all your knowledge. You know, it's uh, it's really uh, helpful for all the young people coming up, and your story is inspirational. And I wish you the best of luck. And now we want to know <laughs> where you at, baby? <laughs> baby, where you at? That's my mother, and she wants to know <laughs> where can we find you on social media. Okay. Yes. Uh, you did find me. I was wondering where this was. An actress. She was an actress when I was growing up. So oh, I love that. She did a little sound bite for me. I was like, physically, you want? I'm in my living room. <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, online at uh, on Instagram, Melissa Akiro. Uh, has all my links, my uh, my IMDb, my Facebook, my everything. It's on there. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us here. This is One Mike Night, the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you're inspired by the story today. If you are, please download, share, and subscribe to the podcast. There's a lot more coming up. Find us at One Mike Night. One Mike Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Follow us on Instagram and hit me up with the questions you have. And you can also follow me at Marcos M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S on Instagram and all. Thanks for joining us. We're out.